0: Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRadio 2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio 2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. Mahomes with a rope. This one out. Touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr.
2: Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Road of His Overtime. Looking forward to today's show, we had great feedback on some of the shows last week, and we talked a little bit about some uh, drafts that Sean had ongoing. We're going to dive a little bit more into that today, and we're going to talk about a, a new exciting format that uh, Road of His has partnered up with the FFPC for, and that is the TriFlex dynasty leagues and much much more so we're going to be diving into lots of exciting stuff and some very very new formats there's a lot of interesting formats out there at the moment but i think this one is particularly exciting i think it it fits a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast here uh, twice a week and um, of course if you haven't already dropped us that written review. you can do uh, in the very very near future we do appreciate it and I've, I've teased it on a couple of shows we're going to be having some giveaways uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks as we really start to rapidly close in on that episode 200 off road of his overtime so if you as i mentioned before last week's shows if you drop that written interview since last week moving forward to episode 200 you'll be in with a, a chance to win and more information coming on some of those prizes as we get closer to show 200 so don't miss out get involved today drop us that written review but sean we're into another week one week closer to the nfl draft some more interesting nfl news happening and of course triflex dynasty leagues and triflex leagues are are here to play on uh, ffpc
1: they are and i think that uh, this has been generating a ton of enthusiasm in the early going and and as we expected because this is going to be a great format the triflex gives you uh three extra flex spots it gives you one that can be the super flex obviously super flex the format that everybody is wanting to play now it makes your uh, lineup deeper it gives you more strategic options it makes that first round a lot Fairer, so it's not a matter of who gets Christian McCaffrey and and who is stuck with everybody else. And then you have this option now with the the three wide receiver format in this league, and then two more flex spots. You can go up to five wide receivers in your starting lineup. This gets us close to uh, you know what we've been talking about and and what we like to play in terms of being able to really attack. With a zero running back oriented type of team, which is more difficult in the standard FFPC format. Now, Curtis and I have a team in the standard format. We've had a lot of fun with that. It's also a super flex, but it's one that is much more running back heavy. We have Christian McCaffrey, we have Dalvin Cook. You're faced with that difficult choice of whether or not you know you want to trade those guys and limit your risk a little bit as they get a tad bit older. But you know, I love the Rotoviz format here. I like the other format. I think you can play them both. You have some different options then in terms of how you play. But you know getting this Road of this Triflex Dynasty format with the FFPC, obviously you get the FFPC's fantastic customer service. They're a great interface. And then now you have this option to play a little bit deeper league if that's what you've been looking for. And so uh, just so many exciting things about it. And then one of the cool things is it's very similar in terms of the dynamic to this draft that we've been going through on the pod the last couple of weeks this draft that uh, Sam Wallace and I are doing with Scott Barrett and company and so this gives us sort of an an early look at what you're going to be dealing with in the road of this triflex dynasty format and so today again Colin we're going to go a little bit deeper in that we're going to talk about some trends from the draft we're going to look at you know once you get out of sort of the no-brainer picks how you want to go and attack that round 10 to round 14 range. Five very important rounds to make sure you continue to build your team. And uh, I think that sometimes the the leagues and the drafts are won and lost in this area. And so we're going to jump back in this week, looking at some of the picks there. Now, Sam and I don't have as many picks uh, in this range as we had earlier. Those who have been following the progression throughout the draft. Note that we've made a lot of trades, and we had uh, 13 players that we selected in the first nine rounds. Then it gets a little bit thinner for us as we move into some of these rounds that we've traded out of. We still do have three big picks. We also have a pick coming in round 15 that we will discuss, even though that round isn't quite finished. Colin, when we're looking at how these drafts are going to develop, it's interesting to see where we are from a positional perspective as we move into this chunk of the draft now at the QB position we see quarterbacks 27 through 34 go off the board so that means we had 26 QBs in the first nine rounds in some ways perhaps surprising it wasn't a little bit more Sam and I picked four QBs in that opening nine round section uh, because the sort of second and third wave of qbs were not as expensive as probably the value is going to dictate as soon as the draft is over in these super flex leagues as soon as the draft is over and you no longer can actually pick them you can't sort of hit the end of the tiers then the value and the difficulty of acquiring them in trades really skyrockets running back interesting because we have rb 29 through 45 coming off here this i think very quickly gives you a sense of how this type of format is a little bit different than your normal format when you don't have to start as many running backs when running backs are not going to be as good a five coming off here this i think very quickly gives you a sense of how this type of format is a little bit different than your normal format so one of the things when you have say a two-two-two with a a one flex which is sort of what the ffpc would be when you have that super flex because the quarterback takes one of the flex positions when you have that, then you know that your your running back position is such a large part of your starting lineup, that not only do you want to make sure you get some good ones, but do you have some depth at that position in case you have injuries? And when you have that depth, then you're thinking in the back of your mind, okay, well, I'm not necessarily going for an idea of starting three running backs or starting four running backs if my uh, super flex QB is on the bye or I have injuries, but you're thinking I could, if it goes that route, I want to have the depth. Suddenly we switch into this other type of format and you're thinking, okay, I have to have that wide receiver depth. I have to win the race to fill the flex through wide receivers. And I'm thinking more in terms of having wide receivers in those flex positions. And so as a result, the running backs do slide much further down the board. So we get a sense of that here. And then we can do a quick contrast with the wide receiver position. In rounds 10 through 14, we see wide receiver 45, through 65 go off the board so in terms of where we are with running backs at the end of round 14 is basically where we are with wide receivers at the beginning of round 10 so we see that contrast tight end we have tight end 11 through 24 go off the board here this is interesting because in a tight end premium format you kind of expect the tight ends to go earlier but what this is telling us is that there just aren't a lot of compelling options right so once owners have gotten their stud, they're really allowing the rest of these tight ends to fall because they don't feel like they make very good flex, flex options. Even with the tight end premium, the uncertainty at this position has allowed these guys to fall. Now, I kind of think perhaps we should have seen some of them go a little bit earlier, but we'll discuss that as we go through who actually went in this range. So, Colin, let's start off. Round 10, we had a couple of QBs go. Winston and Goff, If you're getting to this point where you have QB 27, 28 come off the board, do you have a preference between these two guys in terms of uh, what you might call emergency or depth QBs?
2: It's, it's very interesting how the draft's playing out. And I think when the, you look through it, as it does make sense in terms of you broke it down there as well with the, the tight ends and so on. The, there is a, a stiff drop-off you know, when it gets through those top-end options. But what, what's interesting with these two guys is like Jameis versus uh, Taysom Hill. Where is the breakdown in snaps going to be this year? And who can be a legitimate starter? Maybe are we looking a year ahead to Winston possibly getting a job either in New Orleans or somewhere else? When it comes to twenty twenty two, or how we're we looking at there, I think if we're looking at who's going to have the most opportunity to to get. You know, a full season of games with all the snaps included this season. I think Jared Goff's leading the way over Jameis Winston. So, I I think for safety, I think you're looking at, at Jared Goff. I think if you're looking for fantasy upside, and you know, w- we talk sometimes. in Ryan Fitzpatrick was off the board a little bit later, and obviously he's a very uh, veteran quarterback, but he's somebody who has always been able to put up fantasy points when given the opportunity. Might not be the best. NFL quarterback, but uh, when we're looking at trying to get those points on the board and to try and uh, force it into tight windows and, and get some touchdowns, uh, I think Jameis Winston is somebody who's going to fit that category. So I think if we're looking for upside. I think you're going for Winston. I think if you're looking for you know somebody who you can expect to be a starting quarterback this season and can give you an emergency start, I think you're you're looking at Jared Goff. Based on both of those things combined. Uh, I think we've we've been able to see Winston push the ball downfield, get uh, opportunities for wide receivers, tight ends to score those points. And although it's one of those picks that could end up returning zero value, uh, I think Winston for me is probably the option there. Would you Would you agree with him over Goff? You know, for upside, or would you be going for? Uh, maybe you don't agree, but uh, Jared Goff being a safer floor play, and I think I'd be going for the the ceiling between the two of them.
1: it's interesting here. I I think that these guys compared to some of the people who go off the board a little bit later, I'm not sure I would have gone that route with either one of them. One of the things coming out in the last couple of days, and I think this was always something that was a worry, uh, but even more articulated by some of the writers covering the team and Sean Payton in his answer to questions, Uh, giving even more of a sense of how this might work out, there's a possibility that we're going to get not just a battle between Winston and Hill for the overall start, but even within games to where they might rotate series or they're going to have specific things that they're trying to do within that game. You have the specter in New Orleans. Even if Winston wins the job, the Hill goes in inside the 20 and plays a lot of those plays. And if that's the outcome, then you're going to get sort of a ceiling in that 14, 15, 16 point range for both guys, in which case, I mean, that's still probably going to outscore your other flex options, but it makes it a more difficult scenario. So I think what you mentioned, if Winston plays pretty well with New Orleans and goes on to a different team down the line, that's almost what you're hoping for here uh, with this selection. Goff, I think, doesn't really have much of a long-term outlook. And so when you... Think about where he is, what the Lions are going to do, you know, what they have in the passing game. You know, basically there with TJ Hawkinson, they'll add in the draft, but will that be enough? He's not a particularly appetizing choice. And the contrast, and to do a little bit of a spoiler, when we got on the board in round 15, we were looking at some depth tight end options. Maybe you take another, you know, really deep wide receiver. There are still some, you know, very interesting kind of Uh, third down or backup running backs and we don't have a lot of depth at running back yet so some different options but what we ended up going with was Jimmy Garoppolo and I think that Garoppolo offers a similar kind of thing to Goff but with more upside when you look at those teams and the likelihood that they add quarterbacks behind the veterans the 49ers very clearly are going to do that and so that's one of the reasons why Garoppolo would fall but if he does the Alex Smith thing and starts for a season like Alex Smith did ahead of you know someone like Patrick Mahomes and you think to yourself well you know if they traded up to number three then they're going to want that QB to play well the Chiefs traded up or the Chiefs were in position to select the all-time great QB and yet they still let Alex Smith play that season uh, made it deep into the playoffs and the 49ers are ready to win right and so anybody that they add is going to have a hard time beating out Jimmy Garoppolo if he stays healthy and what they're telling people is okay if you want Garoppolo you can have him but it's going to require a first round pick I think we still might see a team pay that I mean the New Orleans the I think we still may see a team pay that you look at what the New England Patriots are doing there how successful Garoppolo's actually been as a starter where they are in their development as a team but either way and especially if Garoppolo stays and starts with the 49ers You know, contrast what he has to what Goff has, where you have George Kittle, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel. That team has the weapons to score a lot of points to make Garoppolo look good, to create a situation where he's traded for a lot down the line. And so I think Garoppolo has some short-term value. He has some long-term value. If you're trying to take a depth QB, I think I would prefer to go that route over the Andy Dalton, the Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Drew Lock. All of those guys selected ahead of him. Now, you know, there's the potential that they move up to number three. That quarterback looks good. You have a Russell Wilson situation where he starts right from the beginning. Garoppolo sits. But I think Garoppolo is good enough that he emerges somewhere else as a quarterback down the line. So there are scenarios in place for him to be a good value. I know his fantasy value right now is at an all-time low in terms of what people are willing to trade, how they're looking at him and where he's going in startups, I think you still take advantage of that. So for me, that's the QB route.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: once he fell to us there, we were like, well, even though this is our fifth QB quarterbacks are so valuable in this, you know, you you have to go ahead and take that guy. Now there are going to be some formats like the Rotoviz format, where during the original draft, you can only take three QBs, for example, which is a, a, an approach that I also like. I mean, you don't want someone going out there and kind of ruining the league by starting off with five QBs in the first five rounds. But you know, once you're here into round 15, other people have had some shots at taking the quarterbacks and simply haven't done it, then I think that's a, a legitimate approach there. And just in terms of you know, where I think these quarterbacks should go, you know, that would be one of the players I'd be targeting.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only
2: on Showtime. Sean, just a moment ago, you mentioned about the option to, to take three quarterbacks. I did see uh, on Twitter, uh, Curtis was fielding a couple of questions regarding that option. I think it's a great thing to add in, in terms of kind of what you mentioned there people um, you know, hogging the quarterback position, maybe not drafting. Um, you know, looking forward to build their own team, but maybe to to detract from other rosters. And um, we did mention at the start, but some of the other formats uh, or some of the other rules um, involved in and the new triflex flex leagues are neither kickers nor defenses in that format. And as you mentioned, there maximum of uh, three quarterbacks drafted, but also having the three wide receivers and the option then for the two extra flexes, as you mentioned earlier, to have the five. Uh, the five wide receivers we wanted so there's a lot of stuff that we talk about on this for best ball that fits perfectly into uh, the triflex draft so lots of interesting things there but in terms of the three quarterbacks is that something that you, you think's a, a nice a nice thing to have added in there for your for your leagues
1: I think it is I think that you want that original draft to be about everyone building their team and not uh stockpiling QBs. That's really not what you're looking for uh, when you have these super flex formats. You want to have people balancing that out. Now, you're still going to need to go QB early. We've talked about the first round here. I did another breakdown of the first round on the site for anybody who missed us discussing it on the podcast, that first round. Very, very QB heavy. I think that that's what you're going to see. You need to have that QB lock, but I'm also going to look at if you want to go in, you get into this Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty League, you want to win in that first year. And how can you do it? I think one of the things that you see here is that a little bit different than in the best ball format, where if you're playing FFPC Best Ball Superflex, you know that almost all of those quarterbacks are coming off the board in the first six or seven rounds. You're going to have some chances to get QBs a little bit later in most leagues. And there is a way to start off especially if you're in position to get Christian McCaffrey and then really hammer with some veteran picks. And so listeners know that's not the way that we like to do it. We talk all the time about the perpetual championship window. You should be in that window after the start of draft and stay in that window as long as you decide to be in the league. But there are some other ways you can approach it too. And just because that's not our preferred approach doesn't mean that we won't cover, you know, how to do some of these other things if that's what you want and how to do them successfully. So if your goal is to draft a veteran lineup in year one and be the favorite in year one, we'll talk about how to do that. But looking at this range here, column, we talked so much about how important these wide receivers are. 44 of them went off the board in the first nine rounds, but there are still some nice options here. In round 10, we have our four wide receivers. You have Marquise Brown, Julio Jones, Will Fuller, Tyler Lockett. In round 11, we get Brandon Cooks, uh, Davis, Mims, Gallup, Thielen, uh, Kadarius, Tony. Looking at these, do you have some favorite value picks? Uh, when you look at the veterans going off the board here, You know, Julio, Adam Thielen, any guys that jump out to you as players where even though maybe it's just for a year or two now because they're in their 30s, but in round Town, round 11, you th- feel like this is a home run?
2: there's a lot of guys here actually when you look at it you know it's hard to believe uh, where they were maybe two three years ago and obviously they've they've come down quite a bit but solely based on age i don't think a lot of it's to do with uh, performance i think you can get a lot of value in in this range and i know uh, for example your team has already stockpiled up on on some very talented younger wide receivers but i do think there's uh, an opportunity in these rounds to To add to that, you mentioned, you know, Branton Cooks is somebody who doesn't get a lot of love, but consistently gets a thousand yards every season. Uh, You know, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller as well after his kind of, I guess we'll call it breakout season um, up until the point where it it finished up this year. But the good thing about that was it, it wasn't injury related, I suppose, but... Tyler Lockett's in there too. I think it's very interesting. Julio Jones is very appetizing in the 10th round, if you can get that opportunity to, to get him in there. And even if we go a little bit later, somebody like Jarvis Landry, the 62nd wide receiver off the board in the 13th round. So I think there's a lot of uh, very, very intriguing players there. Um, again, obviously it is a downside, but the, the main downside going around with those guys is for their age. But if we're looking at, like you mentioned a moment ago, trying to win that league in year one or year two, You've talked before about if you win in those early years, that covers your entry fees for for quite some time. So if you do have that opportunity, there there could be an interesting way to to slot some of these veterans in there. You just don't want to get over uh, established, I think, in veterans at at that point, and and end up having having none of those younger guys early on that you have. So it is that balancing act. But it's uh, it would be hard for me to t- to turn uh, past Julio in that in that tenth round range.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the Julio, you're seeing the injuries and the potential coaching change, maybe a little bit of a philosophy change there, knock him down. We talk on the show from time to time about the great article Blair wrote about bounce-back wide receivers, how to avoid receivers busting in the first place. Getting up in years, obviously, the one big area that you are looking about and you're a little bit concerned. It's interesting because a lot of people were on Adam Thielen as the bounce-back guy from last season, and then he really had what i would consider almost a best case scenario performance and yet at the same time now he's falling and there are two reasons for that the emergence of justin jefferson as the alpha there is perhaps the main one but the difference in that sort of subtle change in thielen's profile from being high yardage and normal touchdowns to lower yardage and extremely high touchdowns people are a little bit less willing to bet on that coming back even though Touchdowns are an important part for the reality team. And even though Jefferson and the focus on him, I think will allow Thielen to uh, be a good red zone option for them. Now, you know, if you're saying, are you going to come back and have that crazy touchdown percentage again? Probably not. But he's someone with his talent level, with the offense there, with the focus on Jefferson, that if you had to, you know, name your guys you thought would be at the top of the touchdown leaderboard again, he would definitely be a candidate. So, Some very intriguing older guys. I think Will Fuller was the best value here. He was actually the player that Sam and I were sort of targeting. I have him as a seventh-round value even now that he's moved over to Miami. But we ended up going for a running back instead. Couldn't uh, pass on the young guy there. So that column, as we move a little bit further down the line into round 11, we finally get some of these tight ends showing up. And in round 11, we have Cole Komet, we have Pat Frayermuth, and then the two Patriots in Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. In terms of the individual players or in terms of team construction, do you have a preference here? Do you like the young guys who uh, still have plenty of questions to answer but could see their overall value and their trade value really spike if they develop the way we expect? Or do you like these Patriots guys who – sort of now appear to have a higher floor but also a lower ceiling going into this offense where they're on the same team together and there's some quarterback questions.
2: Yeah this is a a tough area for (laughs) for drafting tight ends and I think um, if we look down through all the tight ends that go kind of in this range of round 10 through round 15 there's a lot of question marks there's a lot of guys who the upside was once there where we thought they were going to you know, be a, a top five or a top three tight end uh, in fantasy football, and now it's it's tailed off for them. And um, then there's guys in there, as you mentioned, who are younger who are looking for those opportunities to to step forward. Somebody like Cole Komet could be could be interesting. Obviously, there's been the the quarterback uh, situation going on with Chicago, but I think uh, Kmet is somebody who we could see maybe step forward. And um, being younger, I think Robert Tonyan is interesting going in the round prior. Him and Evan Ingram, I think, are a, a step ahead of the guys going just one round later. I think I would rather get one of those than the guys that we've, we're have we going to talk about here. But we mentioned Hunter Henry and, and Jonah Smith. It's interesting that they uh, both went to the same team, both uh, going at the the next ranking, tight end 15 and tight end 16. Um, I, I, I find that... If I was picking one over the other, I probably would lean towards Henry. He's the one that previously we would have probably well, I had anyway for him being a top end tight end uh, with uh, with the the Chargers. But unfortunately, um, injuries have played a part in that. Jonu Smith has shown uh, some great um, after the you know yards after the catch, so they're interesting and they kind of do fit that Patriots offense. And I I, I I do see upside, but like you mentioned, the floor is going to be there. I think the only way we see true upside from either of those tight ends is if one of them gets injured the one I do like is Hunter Henry the one that'll probably get injured as well as Hunter Henry unfortunately um but I would be very tempted to lean towards that uh, round ahead uh Antonian and Ingram and the the one I'd probably take out of the the group that you mentioned I think I would lean towards Comet.
1: I like the young guys here I think that Comet was someone who was undervalued coming out of college based on both his production his youth and where he went in the draft and then he gets covered up by being with the Chicago Bears which were not an elite offense there I think that still gives you quite a bit of camouflage in terms of being able to get him at a better value than you probably be, should be able to get him at he went one spot ahead of our pick and we picked Fram Ruth there who has been referred to as baby Gronk uh, maybe doesn't have quite the overall resume to support that but a big athletic tight end who scored a bunch of touchdowns early for Penn State. One of the things, even though that he is coming out after a junior season, is an older tight end, much older than Brevin Jordan, for example, who goes much later in the draft because of the shoulder injury there. Can he match up to some of the measurements that he supposedly has put up in the past in his training? But again, I I think that someone who is likely to go off the board in the first 45 picks of the reality draft, the fact that Kyle Pitts is so good and is maybe uh, a generational or even transcendent prospect at the position, I think really sucks all of the air out of the room for everybody else at that position. And again, a little bit like the situation with Komet maybe provides some cover for people who want to come in and get firm with quite a bit later. The other pick I kind of like in this range is Adam Troutman, who is another one of these second-year guys. And we talk about the tight ends making that second-year jump, actually making the jump earlier than fantasy owners realize Uh, Troutman was the pick to Scott and Danny in the round following. I like these younger guys because I think these prospects do have some serious upside, and if they hit for you, then their trade value absolutely skyrockets. They can handle that position for the – the long term you don't have to continually trying to be replacing them but if you are going for just the one season I think that Logan Thomas uh, who is also drafted in round 10 becomes very very compelling with Ryan Fitzpatrick there now and with the breakout season that Thomas had I think we have to ask ourselves if he can't be the next Darren Waller now doesn't mean scoring quite to the level that Waller scored at because Waller is really doing pretty amazing things at the tight end position you watch him play and it's not just that the Raiders don't really have anything else I mean Waller is out there you know 20 yards down the field rising up and making these contested catches where the defensive backs yeah they're contesting it they're making it a difficult play but he is so much bigger and more athletic that he seems unstoppable in so many areas of the field so you know when we're saying that can Thomas be the next Waller we have to Note the fact that, you know, what Waller is doing is pretty incredible, but Thomas, another one of these guys who, even though he is a positional switch player, even though he's older, he is big, he is athletic, the Washington football team, they do get Curtis Samuel in there, but they still have plenty of available targets for him to emerge and if defenses are really looking to lock down Terry McLaurin and at least force Ryan Fitzpatrick to consider going other places, you know Thomas could be a guy for a couple of years who puts up some big numbers when you're getting him at tight end 17. I think that's a great pick.
2: And of course, we mentioned as well. You know, this draft it's not a it's not really truly in the the triflex format, but it's very very similar. Um, if you are interested, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the show. We will be talking about them in upcoming weeks. We may even have to jump into a a couple of drafts as well to 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 go through those. But if you're interested in some more of that, we have actually a really good listener question coming up on Thursday regarding some of the best ball conversations we've had on the show over the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, so if you do have any questions around the new format, if you're interested in it, uh, do send them over my way at Rotoviz at Overtime Ireland on Twitter or at rotovizradio at gmail.com if you're sending it over via email we'll try and get both the formats if you send them over either way add it into the upcoming shows Uh, some fun upcoming shows uh, coming up as well and uh, on Thursday show we will be talking as I mentioned a little bit about best ball and some of the strategy talk we'll also be looking at one of Blair Andrews recent pieces which is uh, always a must read so, as always, you can get access to those pieces up on the site. You can get all the information. You can get yourself a one-year pass with a 10% discount as being a loyal podcast listener. All you have to do is head on over to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. Or if you're checking out on the website, buying that subscription, add the code Radio 2021 That will get you that 10% off. You get access to all of the tools, all of the content up on the site, uh, which I would highly recommend doing. So, if you haven't already, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show we will be back on thursday with another podcast my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and of course my co-host is sean siegel you can check out of sean's great work up on the website until we're back with another show on thursday as always have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis with a discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard,
0: Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in the new showtime sports documentary the kings a four-part series premiering sunday june 6th only on showtime
3: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash wire to learn more and find a center near you.